0: Hello, and welcome to That's in the Bible.
1: Well, times are here, filling men's hearts with fear, freedoms we all hold
2: dear, now is at stake, humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod, seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away.
0: Okay, well, welcome to our, let's see, is this our fourth show? I think it is, our fourth show. And we've got a full house here this time. Uh, Of course, I'm in the studio here at That's in the Bible, and joining me today is a new contributor. We've got, the official title is Pastor Matt, and also a way to distinguish uh, Matt, who is up uh, north of here in the Syracuse area. Matt, how you doing?
2: Good, how you doing, Eric?
0: I'm doing good. Pastor Matt, how are you today? I'm doing good. Thanks for joining us. We're glad to have you here. Oh, it's good to be here. And we've also got Steve out there in Western New York. Steve, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing just fine. Thank you very much.
0: Good. You sound good. So we've got two of us on Skype and two of us here in the studio. And um, we're going to continue today with uh, Steve, and he's got a uh, continuation of a uh, series that he started last time. Steve, um, do you have a title for that?
1: Well, the title of today is, uh, uh, of course it was last time, Is the Bible for Everyone? And now we're going to work with, uh, Is Everything Written in the Bible for Me?
0: All right, so we'll be getting to that in just a moment. But first of all, we're going to start with our quote of the day. All right, Charles Carroll, signer of the Declaration of Independence, said, quote on the mercy of my redeemer i rely for salvation and on his merits not on the works which i have done in obedience to his precepts again a signer of the declaration of independence you know that sounds a lot like um ephesians doesn't it for by yeah, grace Ephes- are you saved through faith and of yourselves the gift of god not of works lest to man should boast
2: and that you know what that throws out all other religions uh, like steve was saying last show uh, that we were founded on Christian principles and, and, uh, you know, this nation was founded on, uh, Christianity and the Bible and the, you know, the Bible sets that apart from all other religions. All other religions, uh, believe that you have to do some kind of work to get to heaven. Uh, but Bible believing Christianity, you believe that only through Jesus Christ, you can get to heaven, not through your own good works.
0: That's right. And, uh, that is a big difference. And, and you know, uh, sad to say, even some Christians still think that they're working their way to heaven. I know that when we've gone out on visitation, Pastor Matt, we've uh, encountered uh, a lot of folks that, you know, believe that they're they're doing good and they're a good person and and uh, that's getting them to heaven.
3: Yeah, it's true. It's almost every time I go out and begin to talk to someone, knock on someone's door or talk to someone in the street, uh, they often say, you know, I'm a good person or I've been baptized uh, but but we know that it's not by works of righteousness we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. He says by the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost, uh, that we're saved by by His grace. You know, I think about that and how it's how, how salvation is a free gift, and uh, yet yet it's not. It was not totally free because Jesus actually had to pay for it. You know, He paid for all those for our sin debts on the cross, and then He offers us offers us that gift. Uh, I think of. I think if someone building a, an elevator or something like that, we we can just get on the elevator for free. But someone spent hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of dollars in building that structure, but all we have to do is just get in it. And the same thing, we can we can be in Christ just by accepting uh, that free gift.
0: That's true. You're not you're not uh, when you get in that elevator. You're not in any way powering that elevator to make it go up or down. You're just you're just in
3: here. That's right.
1: All right, Steve. Do you have anything to add? Oh, you guys have said it well. Uh, not much I can add to that one.
0: All right. Well, let's go ahead and move right on to our listener feedback. And actually, this is one that we have had, and I have to apologize. We've had this question um, for the last couple of shows, and we just uh, I just forgot about it. And uh, so we'd like to um, answer this question. Uh, this person is John Smith, and he says, I would like to know, are the three of you preachers and what Bible do you use and what church do you belong to? Next show, answer these questions. And that person has signed, uh, their name is John Smith. So three questions, and I guess we all could answer that. Um, are the three of us, pre- are the, in this case, are the four of us preachers and what Bible do we use and what church do we belong to? And I guess I'll go ahead and start with that. And and um, yes, I, I'm a preacher now. I'm not ordained, but um, if you follow God's word, we're we're all as Christians um, commanded to preach the word. In Second Timothy chapter four verse two, it says, "Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Repu- reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine." So that that's not just directed to folks that that have been ordained. That's really the uh, the part of the Great Commission is that we're to go out and to preach the the gospel. And in the book of Mark, chapter sixteen, verse fifteen, and he said unto them, "Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." And that doesn't mean just ordained pastors are to do that. So I uh, I do consider myself a preacher. I don't consider myself because I'm not a pastor. Not ordained. Um, what Bible? Uh, I use the Authorized Version, King James, and and we'll we'll actually do an upcoming show on this and why the King James, um, I believe, is the preserved Word of God for today's English-speaking people, and we'll take a look at that a little bit closer. And uh, what church do I go to? I go. attend a church here in the southern tier of New York State called Tri City Baptist. Located in Vestal, New York. Who, actually, my pastor is sitting right here, Pastor Matt. So, Matt, why don't you go next?
3: I'll go next. I'm the i Pastor Matt Smith of Tri City Baptist Church. Uh, I am a pastor. I'm an ordained pastor. Uh, just got ordained not too long ago, but I've been pastoring for two years. Was associate pastor out in uh, Osawatomie, Kansas, for uh, for three years out there. I just worked mostly with the youth uh but now I'm here uh in the southern tier and uh and we we've started a church here and we're excited what the lord's doing uh in our church and uh, just as uh just as Eric said he said that he was uh, that he is a preacher that we all ought to be preachers. It was funny we were at a uh at a fair booth we were at a soul winning booth at the fair we just took people through the romans road, took them through the Bible, and showed them how they could be uh saved and there was several other christian uh groups and organizations that were all lined up next to us. And, uh, and in fact, some of them got angry and they said, you know, they got angry and their complaint was that we were preaching at people, you know, and, and, uh, and that's what we ought to be doing. We ought to be going out and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, and so if that's the only complaint they had, well, then praise the Lord, we're doing our job. Uh, but Amen. yes, we're all preachers. And, uh, and I also, we, we believe the King James Bible is, in fact, the word of God.
0: All right, Amen. Pastor Matt, um, thank you. And uh, Matt, you want to go next?
2: Sure. I, uh, I go to church at uh, Buckley Road Baptist Church here in uh, Liverpool, New York, which is uh, a place in Syracuse, New York. And uh, I am saved. I accepted the Lord as my Savior uh, just a little under four years ago. And uh, I've been a new creature ever since, and praise God. And, uh, and I use the King James Bible. I believe that the King James Bible is the Bible that the Lord said that would be preserved uh, down through the generations. Psalm chapter 12, verses 6 and 7 says, The words of the Lord... Our pure words, as silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. So again, like Eric said, I believe that the King James Bible is that perfect word uh, that God has preserved down throughout the ages. And I am a preacher. I'm not a pastor, uh, but I preach. And uh, we were just uh, Eric and me were talking about this just a few minutes ago about how you know really the the uh, new movement is share. You know, you want to share with everybody. Uh, but I don't see anywhere in the in the Bible that it says that you have to share the gospel with anybody. Uh, you find that we're supposed to witness, that we're supposed to testify, that we're supposed to preach. Uh, you know, Paul didn't go and say, hey, let's go down to Corinth and share with them. Uh, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to preach uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ.
1: And Steve? I'm last, but uh, I'll let you know I'm— Been saved for 32 years. I'm an ordained Baptist preacher. Was ordained in 1985. I attend uh, an independent King James Bible-believing church just outside of uh, Buffalo, New York. And um, uh, you know, interesting thing is, is that people think that you have to be a pastor to study the Word of God and And or to teach it, and uh, that's not anywhere in the scriptures. in fact, it tells Christians to study to show yourself, proven unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, so it's incumbent upon all of us to be students of the Word of God and to study it out, so that we uh, are not deceived when uh, people when we hear someone preach or teach the Word of God so uh, for us to to uh, explain or to tell someone else what we believe, what we've learned from the Word of God, you don't have to be a preacher to do that, or a pastor even for that. Uh, all you have to be is a, is a child of God that uh, loves the Word of God and studies it out, and uh, willing to tell others what you've learned.
2: And I would like to interject as well. Uh, a lot of people might have a question on uh, why we do why we do this show, you know, and. And I kind of came up with four reasons, the purpose of this show. Uh, Number one, it's to elevate the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our Redeemer and Savior. Uh, Number two is to magnify the Lord's written word, the King James Bible. Number three is to reach anyone that might not be saved from hell. And lastly, number four is to edify and encourage the saints. So we hope if we can do all four of those, and even more if we can, uh, that's what we hope that we can accomplish and hope that we can help people out.
0: That's right. Amen. Thanks, Matt. Um, I guess I forgot to mention I got saved in 1984. And um I have done some coursework through Charity Baptist Bible Institute. And um so I've got a uh their first part of their diploma series through them. Okay. Uh, we've got another question, um, actually a comment and a question. And uh, this is from Mr. Curious, and it says, Dear Mr. Eric or Mr. Matt, I love the show. To start off with, it answers all my questions. I truly didn't know about the Bible, and please continue making more shows. Maybe people will come to a better understanding where they are with the Lord and hope to grow spiritually. Anyways, my question for you guys is this, how does one become part of your show? Uh, Please uh, get back to me with a reply. And he says also, God bless and keep up the good work. Well, you're actually part of the show right now because we're reading your email uh, on the show. But you can also uh, send in an audio clip if you have an audio question or a comment. And uh, we'll see if we can't get that on the show as well. If you're not sure how to do that, if you're not familiar with a recording, some recording software on your computer, one of the things that you can do is you can use um, a free software uh, project called, uh, audacity. And that is available both for the windows machine and for the Macintosh platform. And if you have a microphone, it's pretty easy to figure out how to use that. And that's a U D a C I T Y audacity. You can really find that just about anywhere. So you would be able to, once you, uh, created a wave file with your question or comment, you can attach that uh, to your email and send that to us here. At, um, That's in the Bible at gmail.com. So that looks like that's going to be it for our our mail section. All right. Well, now it's time for uh, Steve, and uh, we've got our lesson for today. Steve, go ahead. Take it away.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Eric uh what we'd like to do today is uh, is go on beyond what we talked about last time and of course last podcast we had we discussed the uh, topic is the bible for everyone this is the second installment and I'd like to uh expand on that a little bit more uh by uh, uh posing this question is everything in the bible written for me now just as a a, a very quick review and last time when we when we discussed is the bible for everyone we we found that uh, since god is the creator uh that it in in essence things that he says to us are written for everyone uh, for uh, example this verse that uh, we discussed last time second peter chapter 3 and verse 9 the lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, It also says in John chapter 3 and verse verse 16, a very familiar verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, That shows the fact that the Bible is written for everyone. And uh, you would behoove everyone to follow the admonition that he gives uh, in regards to your soul if you're not saved and trusting him as your personal savior. So what we'd like to do now is expand a little bit on that and answer the question, is everything in the Bible written for me? And I'd like to give you the short answer to that question right now. And that answer is yes and no. And this isn't a contradiction. It's not really a cop-out at all, but some things have to be understood before you can understand why I said yes and no. First of all, you must understand that the Bible is a spiritual book. It's not an ordinary book. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 and 13, it says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now, I say it's a spiritual book because the Bible says, For the word of God is quick. Now, that doesn't mean it's fast, that means it's alive. It's quick, it's alive. It's a powerful book, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharper than any sword that you and I might be familiar with because it does spiritual things. Uh, it pierces, and it divides asunder the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. And the Word of God is a discerner. It judges between things, between the thoughts and intents of our heart. And it also takes on personal characteristics, as almost as if it was a person. It says there in the verse 13, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in His sight. The antecedent to that is the Word of God. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of Him, the Scripture, with whom we have to do. So this book is alive, and it judges, and it takes on personal attributes. It's an extraordinary book. It's a spiritual book. The second thing that uh, we need to understand... Uh, are the applications of the Bible, how it is interpreted, how it's understood. And there's three things that I'd like to pose to you that the Bible, uh, how we can understand the Bible. First of all, it's written historical, or historically, uh, basically telling us the things that happened at the time, uh, describing events that took place. Second of all, it's, it's doctrinal and prophetical, uh, it tells us of present truth, and it also tells us of future truth. And it's also written for spiritual or devotional applications, how a passage may speak to me. Oftentimes, when going through a maybe a time of trial or heartache, and you're reading through a portion of the Scripture, and the Lord just kind of take something and really ministers to your heart with that scripture that is a spiritual or devotional application it also gives us life lessons to learn from the passages that are really not directed or written directly to you for example uh, you have uh, the the story of David and Goliath found in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17 that was a historical event and of course it gives us the details of that event But also, you can take that passage and apply that spiritually or devotionally in in the fact that as we go through our Christian lives, we face giants in our life. And it shows us how we can overcome those giants. Now, even though that was written historically, we can still apply that spiritually. Another way of taking a look at that, if you would, take your Bible and turn to Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel chapter 28, this is written uh, specifically about about a king by the name of Tyrus, or the king of Tyrus, and I'd like to read you a description, or a passage of Scripture, and help you to see that in essence it's really not talking, the doctrinal application is not talking about the king of Tyrus, it's talking about something else. Take a look in verse 11 of Ezekiel chapter 28. Says, moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now we could stop right there and say, Tyrus wasn't in, or the king of Tyrus was not in the Garden of Eden. So obviously he's talking about something else here. Further descriptions are going to really bring that to light. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold, and the workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created, not born. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou walk, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stone of fi- stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou wast created un- uh, till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. Thou hast sinned. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Now he called him the anointed cherub that covered. Covered what? Covered the throne. And if you want a description of what cherubim are, you can take a look in Ezekiel chapter 1 and Ezekiel chapter 10, and you also get a description of them in Revelation chapter 4. They're strange-looking creatures. It's not a king sitting on a throne here on this earth. So what you have is God directing his talks to an individual, to a person, but the doctrinal aspect of that, or the doctrinal application of that, he's talking about Satan. Satan and some of the things that took place as, uh, or before and during the time of his fall and the reason for his fall. So when you get into that, you find there's different applications of the Scriptures. Now, the Bible has some things to say about that, especially, the, let's say, things from the Old Testament that we can learn as people of the New Testament. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 6, it says this, Now these things were examples. Talking about the things in the Old Testament, specifically the things that the nation of Israel was going through, in verses 1 through 5 of 1 Corinthians 10. You can look at that later. It says, Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So they're examples. To us. The things that were written in the Old Testament to the Jews were examples to us. In First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse eleven, it says, Now all these things happen unto them for ensamples, and they were they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the of, of the world are come. Also you find in Romans chapter 15 and verse 4 says for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope so in a in a spiritual sense everything in the bible is written for you that is the affirmative that's why i could say yes everything in the bible is written for me but it's a- applied in a spiritual sense whether it's by example or whether it's admonitions as far as warnings not to do certain things or learning things or learning lessons that we find uh, there in the Old Testament. Now, the Bible's also written in a manner of contrasts or one thing against another. Um, Well, uh, let me give you an example here. It talks about those that are saved and those that are lost now, if it's written if you are a saved person, those things that are written to those saved people is written to you. Those things that are written to lost people are not. Uh, you have other distinctions. you have the righteous and the wicked. you have the new man and the old man. you have those that are in the spirit and those that are in the flesh. so the specific things that are written to to whoever you are. Whether you're in the flesh or whether you're in the spirit, one thing's written to you and the other is not. Um, now, but there are divisions that are more critical uh, than these in reference to the whole Bible. And there are three basic groups, breakdowns of people. Take your Bible and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, take a look in verse 32. It says, Give none offense, neither to the Jew, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Now there are three breakdowns of people there. You're either a Jew, or you're a Gentile, or you're part of the church of God. And I'm going to study, or go through each one of those three, And uh, in a little bit of detail, I mean, obviously we could go into uh, extended study on this and really take up a lot of time, but really that's not the purpose of the podcast, is is to whet your appetite, to give you some basic and simple things that will be, oh, how shall I say, the basis for further study as we go on with these podcasts. And a lot of times people try to understand uh, deeper things in the scriptures without really having the basics down. And uh, they get themselves in a lot of trouble when they try to do that because they don't know how to, let's say, interpret the Bible or understand it. The first group that we're going to go through are the Jews. They're also called Hebrews. And later on in the Old Testament, they're also uh, designated as Judah and Israel. This group of people was separated by God from all the other nations and that's that's the reason why they're called the chosen people. Now go to Genesis chapter 12. We'll see the beginning of that nation. We'll see the beginning of the Jews in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, take a look in verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, "Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house" unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. As I said, the, the Jews began with Abraham, later, or Abram, later called Abraham, And it says here, all the families of the earth are blessed in him. Take a look in Genesis chapter 18. God's saying something here to Abraham. Abraham. And uh, you have three angels. You have the angel of the Lord and two other angels that are eating with Abraham. And they're about ready to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and the angel of the Lord is speaking to Abraham, and, and he's actually speaking to the two other angels in front of Abraham, and that's why the, the verse sounds the way it sounds in verse 18, seeing that Abraham, uh, the angel of the Lord speaking to the other two angels, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now that's quite a statement. All the nations of the earth are blessed in him. This promise is passed on and confirmed by God to Isaac, Abraham's son. Take a look in Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26, take a look in verse 1. There was a famine in the land. Beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him, and said, Go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell thee, sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and I will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed will I give these countries." And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Now, here again, you know, this this really irks a lot of people uh for i mean we have a lot of people that are anti-semites in fact i was just reading about venezuela either yesterday or today about uh, the persecution that they're they're uh they're giving the jews and they're going or they tore up a synagogue and tore up all the artifacts there and all the the sacred things that were within the synagogue and and uh, they're threatening people and so forth and almost sounds like what what happened uh, prior to World War II there in Germany and Austria and, and uh, other places where where Hitler was persecuting the Jews uh their their nations are not going to be blessed if they treat the nation of Israel that way or treat the Jews that way take a look again also in in Genesis chapter 28 take a look in verse 10 In Genesis chapter 28, verse 10, it says, And Jacob went out of Beersheba and went uh, went toward Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place, and he tarried there all night, because the sun was set. And he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set upon the earth, AND THE TOP OF IT REACHED TO HEAVEN. BEHOLD THE ANGELS OF GOD ASCENDING AND DESCENDING ON IT. AND BEHOLD THE LORD STOOD ABOVE IT AND SAID, I AM THE LORD GOD OF ABRAHAM THY FATHER AND THE GOD OF of ISAAC, THE LAND WHEREIN THOU LIEST, TO THEE WILL I GIVE IT AND TO THY SEED, AND THY SEED SHALL BE AS THE DUST OF THE EARTH. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and I will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and I will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee, until I have done that which I have spoken of thee. Now, that land that they're referring to is the land of Palestine, the land that everyone, they're all fighting over over there. And the Palestinians think it's theirs, and the Jews say it's theirs, and according to the Bible, it's the Jews. In fact, the land that is promised to the Jews is far greater than what they occupy at the present time. It is the land that it was told before the uh, uh, nation of Israel under the hand of Moses went into the promised land. It was called the land flowing with milk and honey. And uh, a blessing went along with that land grant and with the blessing of the nations. It was kind of an unconditional thing. It says, Cursed is everyone that curseth thee, and blessed is everyone that blesseth thee. And that's found in Genesis chapter 27. Uh, There is a blessing that comes with how we treat the Jews. And there is a curse that comes with how we treat the Jews. But the thing is not to be uh, forgotten is that it is a specific land that God gave to that nation and he will give that land to them. You know, it's funny, when you read that last portion of Scripture that I read there in Genesis chapter 28, I know that it's speaking to Jacob, but you could almost read that in reference to the nation of Israel itself because it talks about, um, uh, and behold, I am, towards the end, behold, I am with thee and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and I will bring thee again into this land. Well, obviously, Jacob went outside of that land and, and then came back. But the nation of Israel has been scattered for years and years. And he's going to bring them back. And he's going to bring them back into that land. Um, some New Testament references that take place there. Um Hold on a second. Let's make sure I'm right here. In uh, Luke chapter uh, 21... Well, before we get to that, I missed a page. That's why I skipped a little bit here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, so that that the Jews are concerning a land. Now let's go to the Gentiles. Gentiles in the New Testament are also called Greeks. In Romans chapter three and verse twenty nine, it says, "This is uh, he the God of the Jews only. Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes." of the Gentiles also. In First Corinthians chapter one and verse twenty-three. But we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. Now I guess a basic rule of thumb, if you will, anyone who is not a Jew is a Gentile. Um and of course, again, you know, you've you've got to got to keep this in mind, uh, as we just already covered it. Uh, an individual or a nation is blessed by how they treat the nation of Israel. Um, the way that the way that works is how you treat them will be how the Lord will treat you. Again, that verse uh, that we already mentioned, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. Take a look at the history of the Jews, not just in the Bible itself through the judges and, and uh, on up through the kings and so forth, but take a look at history, recent history, uh, World War II, uh, even before World War II with uh, 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 country England who at one time uh, the sun never set on the British Empire. But when they uh, signed a Balfour Declaration and did something that uh, wasn't favorable, favorable for the Jews, uh, God uh, basically, in, in essence, turned them into a third world country. Uh, you see what happened to Germany uh, when they started persecuting the Jews and uh, the great power that they were milita- mi- militarily. And then uh, all of a sudden uh, they got conquered and, and they haven't been uh, a player as far as the military is concerned since then. Um, you take a look at what's happened. You take a look at the uh, the Muslim countries that are persecuting the Jews. Uh, you know, aside from a few families that own the oil, uh, the rest of the of the uh, populace of of Muslim countries are in abject poverty. I mean, they're just scrambling and struggling along, and God has not blessed those nations, and it's because of how they've treated the Jews. Now Israel has had its struggles but their struggles are because of the relationship that they have with God. When they rebel against God, they go into idolatry and other such sins, God brings persecution upon them. Now, Quickly go to Judges, Judges chapter 2. I don't want to take a lot of time in this. I'm really trying just to to be, to give kind of an overview of things, but uh, we're trying to show you what the Bible has to say, so we're going to give you what the Bible says. I mean, I could just tell you what it says, but then you wouldn't uh, think that it was in the Bible, so I want to try to give you that. Take a look in Judges chapter 2, let's begin in verse 11. And the children, now this is after Joshua has brought them into the promised land, They have uh, done battle all through the book of Joshua. They've tried to take out the nations, but they didn't take them out completely. They left some of the nations in there, and uh, this is what God had to say. Uh, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord, God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods. Of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Balaam and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers that spoiled them, and sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not. Any longer stand with their enemies, uh, before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless, the Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of them that spoiled them. And uh, that went on again and again and again. A judge would come up and deliver them out of the hand of those that oppressed them. And as soon as the judge died, they would go back into idolatry. Uh, They would go back into the other things that God told them not to do. And so God put them under bondage again and would persecute them again. And then he would bring another uh, 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 judge along and so forth until the time of the king's. In the time of the kings, when Saul came into power, and then David, and then the descendants after him, uh, of course, the the kingdom was split after Solomon into the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Israel, or the nation of Israel, and um uh, They struggled back and forth, and they would go into idolatry, they would go into other sins, and they would send prophets to them, trying to get them to to come out of that sin and to turn back to the Lord. We had some good kings, and they had some bad kings. But finally, toward the end of it, when Nebuchadnezzar came in and took Judah captive, he scattered them throughout the nations. This began what is called in the Bible, the time of the Gentiles, or the times of the Gentiles, and in Hosea chapter three, let me read this to you. it says, "For the children, verse four, for the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king and without a prince and without a sacrifice, and they are today without a sacrifice. The mosque of Omar or yeah Omar is on top of the dome of the rock, and they can't uh, they can't sacrifice where they're supposed to. It goes on to say, without an image and without an ephod and without a teraphim now." Some time passed, uh, A lot of it's called the time of the Maccabees and so forth, that interim period between the last king and the time when Jesus Christ came. But when Jesus Christ came to this earth the first time, the Jews rejected him as their Messiah. And in so doing, they prolonged the time of the Gentiles. And the church age was usher- ushered in. Now go to Luke. <laughs> go to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, and it says this Jesus Christ is speaking to his disciples, and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation thereof is nigh. Then let them which are in Judea flee into the mountains, and let them which are in the midst of it depart out and let not them that are in the countries enter thereto. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled, but woe unto them that are uh, with child, and to them that give suck in those days. For there shall be great distress in the land, and wrath upon this people." And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and they shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So there's coming a time when that times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled. What you just read there, what you just heard was uh, a reference to the tribulation when the Jews go through the tribulation. And it's going to be a horrible time, and they're going to be persecuted terribly. But that times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled, and then God will begin dealing with the with the Jews one more time. Take a look in Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11 and verse 25. It has that uh, that quote again. It says, For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part, not completely, but blindness in part, is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. When the times of the Gentiles are concluded, the Lord will begin uh, uh, the process of restoring the nation of Israel. Now the problem, many denominations uh, find themselves in error by assuming that the promises given to Israel are theirs. Uh, a lot of those people that, uh, that have that uh, belief, that we call them post-millennial, uh, they believe they are the, the chosen ones of God, and they've taken all the promises given to the nation of Israel, and they're going to make this earth good enough for the Lord to come back. But notice what it says in Amos. Amos chapter 9. Amos chapter 9 verses 14 and 15. And this is talking about the nation of Israel. And I will begin again or bring I'm sorry, and I will bring again the captivity of my people of Israel. And they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. They shall also make gardens and eat the fruit of them. And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be pulled up out of their land, which I have given them, saith the Lord thy God. So the Lord is going to bring them back into their land, and they are no longer going to be plucked out of it. They're no longer going to be taken out of it. And Of course, when the Lord comes back in the second advent, when he comes back of the Battle of Armageddon, he establishes the nation of Israel, and they will be uh, his chosen people one, once again. Now, for the third group of people, I draw your attention to the church, to the body of Christ. It's also called the bride of Christ. Um, some distinctions need to be made, I think, in order for us to have an understanding. And that distinction is between the local church and the body. Uh, Here's some some distinctions. One is plural, speaking of the local churches, and the other is singular. One is an organized institution, talking about the local church, and the other is a living organism, talking about the body of Christ. The end of the local church is in apostasy, Revelation chapter 3. The end of the body of Christ is in the rapture when the Lord takes us out. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. There are lost people in a local church. Just because somebody says they're saved doesn't mean they're saved. But there are no lost people in the body of Christ. Now, Anyone who has trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is automatically part of the church and part of the body. It says in Ephesians chapter uh, 1. Take a look in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22. It says this, and hath put all things under his feet. Talking about Jesus Christ, and gave unto him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, go to Ephesians chapter five, and forgive me for reading all of this, but but it's it's all integral uh, into understanding. How God describes the church in Ephesians chapter 5, starting, oh, I think about verse 22 or 21, submitting uh, yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, For for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no one ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth, it, nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall join unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as, a, as himself, and uh, the wife see that she reverence her husband. Now, the body of Christ is made up of many members. Um... Take a look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's made up of many members, but it's still called a singular entity. It's called the church. It's called the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says, For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. When a person trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior, they cease to be Jew or Gentile. They become part of the body of Christ, which is the church. And uh, some people have a have a problem with that. You know, you've got uh, uh, Jewish Christians or uh, African American Christians. There's no. A separate distinction there. Once a person trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior, they are no longer Jew or Gentile. They are a church. And there are specific things that are written to the church that are not written to uh, the Jews or the Gentiles. For a little bit more clarification, take a look in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. Notice what it says here. I want to get the whole context so you understand what I'm saying. In verse 1 it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, if you're saved, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, and not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is, your, is, is our life, shall appear, then shall he, ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which he also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and I put on the new man, is <laughs> renewed in knowledge after the image of Him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all, and in all. Now, I've gone through all of this to show you that that though we may be, we may be able to apply the Bible spiritually. Doctrinally and prophetically, the Bible is written to specific people and to specific groups, which cannot be applied to everyone. I hope through all of this I, I've made, made it clear. Uh, you know, sometimes reading a lot of Scripture can kind of get people to phase out and so forth, but I hope you understand what I'm saying. And again, I hope that this podcast has been instructive, and if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to leave us an email at uh, that'sinthebible.com.
0: Thanks, Steve. Great job. That was that was I think very well done. I think we got to see the uh, the major major points there between the uh, the Jews and the uh, Gentiles and the Church.
2: Yeah, that was that was great. And and one thing I want to add, too, is, you know, that, that's the biggest problem. And uh, I would say that all of the devil's lies um, come from the Bible, come from the word of God. You know, when he came and tempted uh, Eve, he tried to use the word of God. Um, but the problem is, is that, you know, most of these religions, actually all of the religions, uh, they use the Bible mostly, um, but they just misapply it. They, they uh, wrongly divide the word of God uh they take things that are given to the jews like steve said uh or they take things that are given to the gentiles and and misapply it and uh don't rightly divide so hopefully this will be a great uh showing of why these other religions are wrong
1: uh can we play what if for a minute steve? I'll do the best I can
0: go ahead. All right. Um and you you had talked about the um the jews they uh lengthen the church age because they rejected jesus christ right right what 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 would have happened to the church age um if in fact they had accepted him as their messiah
1: well um this is somewhat speculation on my part but this is what i believe i believe that the the tribulation would have started. Jesus Christ would have died on the cross. He would have done all of the things that, that he did in order to purchase the salvation of man. But I believe the tribulation would have started. And although he's focusing on the, on the Jews, if you read through Revelation, there are all kindreds, nations, and tongues that are getting saved during the tribulation. So whether there would have been a church age as we know it now, uh, probably not but they still would have had an opportunity to receive or or be saved, if you will, in a tribulation sense uh, during that particular time.
3: Okay. Yes, it seems to be awful hard to say what if when we know that God does know that the Jews will reject him. I mean, it's, it's prophesied throughout the Bible, and he's, you know, I mean, it's just, just knowing that, that Christ was going to die and he was going to, uh, uh, that they were going to reject him. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, but see, he also leaves himself an out. If you remember, John the Baptist was Elijah if they had received him. And, of course, they they didn't. Therefore, uh, Elijah himself will show up in, in Revelation chapter 11. So, you know, even though God has foreknowledge and knows what they will do, he still gives them the opportunity to make the choice. And... uh uh, obviously, foreknowledge—he didn't predestinate them to do that, but yes. he foreknew knew what they would do. So, I, I understand what you're saying, and and, and you're right.
0: Um, just another question: the uh, even within Christianity, for example, we have the Seventh Day Adventists who um, worship on Saturday, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. Being the Sabbath. Now, again, is that is that a failure to? rightly divide the uh, the word and to have they uh, have they in fact there applied some of the some of the promises to the jews and and now they've applied them to the christians
1: well they have um exodus i don't i don't know that i could bring the exact scriptures up to you right off the top of my head but uh the sabbath was given as a sign to the jews and in fact it's stated just that way and uh, it was it was given to them uh, uh, by God and then as the New Testament the church age began uh, you see the emphasis not on the Sabbath any longer but you see it on the first day of the week and they worshiped on the first day of the week they took collections on the first day of the week uh, Jesus rose on the first day of the week uh, you know so the practice has been in our in Christian circles, to worship God on the first day of the week. Now, uh, there are those that still want to hold to uh, the Old Testament, whether it's through their dietary laws or through their rites and rituals and, and so forth, uh, to worship in that manner, even to take some of the things as, as the priests, uh, s- sacrificial worship, uh, other things along that line, to incorporate that in their worship, and what they're doing, and whether they realize it or not, is taking what was given to the nation of Israel and applying it to themselves. When, in the New Testament, we have things that are that are drastically different uh, that should be observed. Some
3: people even say that that uh, that Sunday now is the is the Christian Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, however, it's it's fun if you look in the Word of God. You don't find anywhere in the New Testament. You find all. All nine of the Ten Commandments, they were repeated throughout the New Testament, but not the fourth, not the Sabbath day. That uh, that was one that was never repeated, uh, because that was a ceremonial law. It wasn't moral in nature.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen.
2: Yeah, and what the Seventh-day Adventists also say also is that uh, the uh, the Seventh-day, the um, or actually I should say uh, the Sabbath day, was known by Adam and Eve, and they kept it. So what the Seventh-day Adventists say is that everybody has to keep the Sabbath day, from the very beginning of the creation all the way until now. Uh, but if you look at Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 14, uh, the Bible says, And made us known unto them thy holy Sabbaths and commandments, thy precepts, statutes, and laws, by the hands of Moses thy servant. So nobody before uh, Moses uh, got those commandments and those laws uh, knew about this Sabbath. Uh, so that, again, is just not rightly dividing the Word of God.
0: Steve, did you did you also say that the sabbath was was a sign, a
1: sign to the yes. Jews? Yes. And I'm trying to think I almost think it's like uh Exodus 33. I, it's I could It's a be
2: wrong. It's uh
1: 31:16. 31:16? Okay.
0: And I I know 1 Corinthians 1:22 1 for the Jews require a sign. Right. And uh again, would you say that that maybe is where the um our charismatic's have maybe gone off a little bit with the tongues? That the tongues were, were assigned to the Jews.
1: Well, any time that that they want to try to apply something that was specifically given to the nation of Israel or uh, given to prove God uh, is who he who he said he was, and that's why the Jews require a sign, uh, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. Uh, they 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 get into all kinds of error. I mean, they apply things where they shouldn't be applied, and, and uh, uh, they kind of make a mess of the Bible.
0: Mm-hmm. So this is an important study, really, being able to, 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 to know the distinctions between the three.
1: Well, see, that's why I said somewhere in the, in the study that it's, it's laying a groundwork for future things uh, so that we when you 're reading the bible you 're not applying something that wasn 't written to you uh, you know oftentimes Paul when he writes he says "We" or the apostle John when he 's writing in first John or uh, so forth he he says "We when he says we he 's referring to Christians uh, you notice when he changes that a bit he'll he 'll say you uh, or or not you but he'll 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 make reference to someone outside of of uh, the christian faith and so you can't make the application where it doesn't fit Mm -hmm.
2: and if the other thing also if you do not have a king james bible i know we'll go into this discussion some other podcast but uh... if you don't have a king james bible uh, 2 Timothy 2.15, where it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be shamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Uh, that studying is in no other version of the Bible. It's always do your best, try hard. So the King James Bible is the only Bible that tells you to study, to show thyself approved unto God. And the only way to be approved unto God is to study and rightly divide that word of truth.
0: Yeah, and there, there's, there's so many things that this study is, today has is brought up. Um, I don't think we're going to run out of topics for, for, for quite a while. <laughs> Man. Well, speaking of other topics, Steve, thanks again for that, uh, that study today. And, Bye. um, which just so happens we do have pastor Matt in the studio today and pastor Matt, you are going to bring us our next study. Is that right? Yes, it is. And, uh, what, what can you give us a little preview what that might be about?
3: Well, as, as a, uh, as a Baptist preacher and just as a Bible believer, uh, many times I'm uh, I'm criticized or we're criticized about uh, neglecting to uh, give honor or talk about Mary, and so I'd like to bring up a couple issues, and I know it may be uh, controversial, but uh, talk about what actually the Bible ta- says about Mary and and w- what it talks about and what it says, and uh, in fact, uh, you know, some call Mary the Mother of God, and some people pray to Mary, and some people worship. We're going to take a look in what uh, Paul and Peter and and the other apostles what they did. Uh, concerning Mary and so we're just going to take a look at that and uh and I'm I'm excited about doing that. And I think that
0: that'll be a great great topic too because just like the uh the study on angels which will be coming up soon. I think Matt's going to have that for us here. Um is that you know we hear about these things and and sometimes I think we just take them for granted. We just have heard them for so long that uh um you know for example on this one I know there's there's some Religions that really do venerate Mary and give her a place that really the Bible does not indicate that she should have and that's why this show is called that's in the Bible because we we want to look at not what religions say yeah. we want to look to see what the Bible says Amen. all right I think uh, good show and uh, that should do it for us here today anybody else have anything else Times are here. I guess I'm not. No. I should I should play the cricket sound right there <laughs> <laughs> when uh, no one says anything. Well, uh, Pastor Matt, thanks for joining us. We look forward to that study uh, oh, next week. I have, I have. And uh, Brother Steve, thanks again for that uh, that study. With uh, yeah, we we do appreciate that. Again, you can check out the show notes at um, thatsinthebible.com dot com, and uh, we'll have the scripture references there. and and uh, things written down, and as you can for all the other shows that we've had. Uh, Matt, anything else? That's it. Just keep up the good
2: fight, everybody that's listening, and and just keep serving the Lord. He's coming back soon.
0: All righty. Well, that's uh, that's it for that's in the Bible. Uh, this this what do I call it? This week, this uh, this show, and uh, we'll uh, we'll all reconvene next time. See you then.